Hello and welcome to One Season Wonders, a show about the miracles and missteps of forgotten television. I'm your co-host Jeff Zuschlag. I'm your co-host Mark Zuschlag. And today we're talking about episode 11 of the 2009 MSNBC original series Kings. Uh, we're, we're, the light is at the end of the tunnel, or <laughs> figuratively, uh, folks, on this series. We've only got, I think, two more episodes after this. There's 13 total. We're at number 11. And man, uh, are the... Uh, <laughs> is the so structural sad. integrity so very, of this show. <laughs> very sad. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, this was a uh, this was a rough episode. Um, this one, a lot of the blanks that they failed to fill in previous episodes are really starting to bite them in the ass. It also uh, is. I, I feel like it's the first episode that's been truly like not fun to watch. Yeah, Even in episodes that were like weird or bad or like had good moment would have like those good moments to them or like the weird and bad stuff was just kind of like fun to see them. I don't know. It was just like sort of fun yeah. to see how these things that didn't really make sense interact with one another. But this one was just really, really dull. Yeah. Like I had fun watching it cause I was watching it with you and we can like joke and riff. But yeah. before the episode, I mentioned that like, this is the first episode where I was like actively checking the time code. To be like, okay, how much more of this do we have I to go through? I was paying because... my goddamn bills <laughs> during the episode. Yeah, so and bored. honestly, you probably didn't miss much. It's just, yeah. I- I'm I'm pretty disappointed, honestly. Yeah, not that this I is didn't like expect the show to like really unravel towards the end, but mm-hmm. the fact that it's unraveling so unspectacularly. <laughs> Yeah, there were like there were like two ways this could have gone. It could have either been that like they had they realized that they didn't have the support they needed, so they could have just doubled down and had it yeah. collapse in like a brilliant just implosion. But instead it's like it's not completely falling apart. They're not upping the crazy. They're just trying desperately to pretend like nothing's wrong almost. Like they just they're like they're <laughs> it like made maintaining sense the whole time. <laughs> yeah, like they're just acting like nothing is amiss. And instead of like scrambling to solve it, they're just in a weird form of show denial where they're still playing the beats <laughs> completely straight without any sense of like camp or irony or uh or even just like again upping c- trying to compensate with energy. It's just the same kind of languid you said a uh, very serious style, but the yeah. content is just nonsense at this point. Yeah, you said it well before um, we started recording, which was this, <laughs> this show just really lacks energy. Like this particular yeah. episode really lacks any sort of like momentum to it. There's just mm-hmm. nothing to like propel it or to like do anything with it. Yeah, except Ian McShane. Ian McShane unmovable. is like. That's Ian McShane true. himself is like a ball of of just life yes. and, and good vibes. Yes, just there are a couple of pretty funny, some unintentionally funny shots. Yeah, yeah, there there are some some good moments, and I definitely have some good thumbnails from this episode that I'm going to be <laughs> posting. Uh, but it is like this is the first episode where I'm like, oh man, maybe this is a one season blunder. Like up yeah. until now, I've been like, okay, this is probably. Like, by episode eight, when we hit the high point of episode eight, I was like, okay, we're in, like, good one-season wonder territory of, like, the show definitely had a lot of problems, so I'm not surprised it was canceled. Um, But it had some promise. Yeah, yeah, but there was enough good there and enough interest there that I would recommend, like, somebody watch it if they want just something interesting to look at. Right. Uh, But now I'm like, man, mm, maybe they should just watch episode, like, episodes eight and, I don't know, 
I'm trying to recall the other ones that were good. Like there was some like five or or four had some weirdness. The riot was one worth. was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the whole kidnap and and riot subplot was pretty amusing. Yeah, just like, ugh, but now now I really don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 My stop whole being system of belief just comes crashing down <laughs> before me. Yes, like See, here's here's your segue. Like Prince Shepherd, I'm being forced <laughs> to really question the things that I uh, <laughs> held dear to me in this experience. But I won't for inexplicable reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but I refuse to. I'll have collective amnesia and only remember the good times, even though this show's trying to have me condemned to death. What? <laughs> anyway. All right, so let's dive into this goddamn recap. Yeah. Um, so, so we open with a uh, a sort of a uh, reprisal of a favorite scene of ours, which is the King's classic breakfast. Breakfast and lecture. Breakfast. He's making eggs. He wants breakfast. He doesn't want lunch. They're, I mean, they definitely. <laughs> okay, they're definitely doing the old like Stalin motif. It's like, oh, this guy's making an omelet because he has to break a few eggs. <laughs> has to break a few uh-huh. eggs. To make the... Write like, that in your English paper, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yep, bitch. We got fucking metaphors. <laughs> Symbolism. We'll throw that in there. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, he actually, though, I don't think he's even making an omelet. He's just making scrambled eggs. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, he still has kind of eggs actually, to make scrambled actually, eggs, bro. Yeah, actually kind of an appropriate metaphor for this series. It tries to make an omelet and just ends up with a shit ton <laughs> of scrambled it eggs. <laughs> it's just really just a mess of eggs all over this pan. Um, so he's given one of his trademark breakfast lectures, and he's talking about how he loves to go grocery shopping. <laughs> and instantly you and I were like, bullshit, he does his own grocery shopping. But they pay. this is actually set up that they'll pay off This later. is set up that they pay off. And also, I kind of like grocery shopping, too. Uh, yeah? Sometimes. Okay. I can't vibe to it. You know why? Emily loves grocery because shopping. I don't. When you go grocery shopping, you can also go beer shopping, baby. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> see, I enjoy that. I enjoy the liquor store shopping. I do not enjoy grocery shopping. Bevmo shopping. <laughs> by the way, this episode was brought to you by Bevmo. Um, by Bevmo. Uh, use coupon code one season wonders to get so a So you can drink of... through this series <laughs> to make heavily. it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just say Kings and they'll understand. They'll hook you up. <laughs> Just may I eye contact with the give you a like, fifth of Jim Bean for free. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, you're gonna need this, buddy. <laughs> don't worry. You don't want the good stuff. You're not gonna enjoy it. This isn't savoring. This isn't a savory this show. This is not whiskey and wick, to be sure. <laughs> this is not whiskey and wick. Oh, Different boy. Ian McShane marathon. <laughs> yes. Oh god, so much better though. Uh anyway, we're getting caught up already in our own we bullshit. Are. So the king is making breakfast, uh, but it's actually just a pretense for him to kind of have a confrontation with Prince Jack because, as a newspaper article uh, dutifully informs us, uh, David, after being captured by the FBI, by the world's most dramatic FBI squad last episode. Dramatic. Uh, I'm doing air quotes, by the air way. Quotes. That was the <laughs> lamest swatting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Dave, David is streaming on Twitch. Is that it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no break-ins through the window. <laughs> no, uh, like, th- like the raid style, like drug, uh, fucking like lab fights. No, no, uh, you know, no anything. Yeah, it was, they just kind of show up. They just break down the door to a shitty apartment and yeah. arrest him. But so he's he's going to be tried for treason is the is the crime that's been trumped up against him. And the king essentially comes to Jack and is like, listen, I know this is a ruse. You know this is a ruse, but you're going to be a key. He sets it up like Jack is going to be a key figure in the testimony. But as we find out, Jack's kind of the de facto prosecutor. He is the prosecutor. I'm glad you've noticed that as well. 
actually that's a good example of like even at the very beginning of the episode this episode pretends like things that have happened in the past like even in the in the episode even in its yeah. own episode have have not occurred because king size is clearly like we need you like your key testimony like you were like you fought with shepherd like blah blah, blah. and then he yeah, yeah he's the he's the guy he's the attorney general like throwing evidence at shepherd's face and shepherd yeah. doesn't have a lawyer yeah. to defend himself <laughs> it's i'm sure we'll get into this but the court's just like this court is just a fucking mess uh anyway so so jack is kind of going along with the king the king's like it'll come down to how you say you remember him but again like it's not if he's the prosecutor he's obligated to just burn shepherd anyway i guess oh, fuck makes no sense <laughs> the king's like um essentially is like we need to have shepherd executed uh for treason um because as we've seen the king is very much sees i guess shepherd as a threat to his power and it's also i guess still kind of sore about michelle being with with david yeah. Honestly, I'm still not 100% clear on the king's reasoning here because I couldn't help but think, like, okay, you've already tried to just assassinate Shepard. So, I'm like, you could just do that again. I guess there's the argument that he's too beloved. You have to destroy his legacy. But you could also, considering how resourceful and how connected the king is, it seems like you could also just have him, like, stage an assassination and say that an insurrection of Gath did it or, like make it look like a suicide or something and not have to go through with this whole rigmarole. Yeah. It seems like a very risky plan to do a very direct outcome. So I'm not really sure why, like surely it would be easier to fabricate an assassination by the geth than to overturn years or maybe months. It's hard to tell of <laughs> David's like good deeds and like try to make him yeah. look like a scumbag. Like I really don't understand the, the need to, to do it this way. The it also um, you know sort of hitting upon this as well. It also is just very confusing as to what King Silas's motivations are because we yeah. as the viewers know that he sees Shepard as like a threat to his power, but Shepard doesn't really know this. So then King Silas like says, "Oh, you lied about like my like your relationship with my daughter. So that's why I'm putting you through this like kangaroo court." But yeah. at the same time, that's also like it's not clear what the show is telling its characters and what the show is telling yeah. us as viewers. So it just it's, makes the whole like the motivation isn't there, like the reasoning isn't there. Like it just it doesn't really make sense from like both an emotional as a viewer watching standpoint and it's like a logical like he is doing this for this reason or you know, as you yeah. were saying before. It kind of commits the cardinal sin of these sort of political shows where it's never. It's not always clear in these conversations how much is a lie and how much is a truth. Like we're really because right. the characters have been so kind of herky jerky in the way they're developed, and a lot of times they have selective amnesia about what's important to them. Yeah, it's when Silas tells David he's pissed about his daughter. We're not actually sure if that's the reason or if that's the reason he's telling David or like it's it's never quite clear what's manipulation for the characters and what's manipulation to the audience like <laughs> i mean it's a mess. I, I think the most confusing part about this is that this is kicked off two episodes ago where at the end um michelle reveals to silas that like oh by the way i'm sleeping with david and that's what kicks off in the episode after that when he sends david on that suicide in air quotes mission which then kicks off david being arrested yeah so there's this weird mix of like 
he originally sent David off on the suicide mission because he was upset that he lied about sleeping with his daughter, but then he comes back from the suicide mission as like a hero, and now King Silas is worried that he's like too powerful, but then he still is bringing up in this episode the fact that he lied about his relationship with his yeah. daughter. It's just this like, it's never clear. Like, I wish there was a scene where like, King Silas is with Michelle, and Michelle's like, oh, you're doing this just because I slept with David, and he's like, I don't give a fuck about that. Like, yeah, I just want yeah, to protect yeah. my legacy or whatever. Um, yeah. And that would that would have just, like, cleared up for the audience. Like, oh, that's what his motivation is. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's the same with, with I don't want to say almost all the characters. It's the same, at least, with, like, Golden Boy, for example, where uh-huh. he is <laughs> stupid, stupidly devoted to the king. Yeah, uh, and we never really know why. Like the only yeah. thing they give is like a jingoistic, like hardcore belief in nationalism that David yeah. has, which just doesn't like align with earlier in the show when King Silas like purposefully destroyed a peace plan with the Gath and then had to give up significant territory to get the peace plan back. Yeah, like, that's what started the show was like King Silas fucking up and lying to David. Yeah. So I'm. How did he get here? I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's it's very unclear. We're already like I feel like we're already litigating the end of the episode because it's just so. <laughs> we it's just like skipped so... to it. A bunch of shit happens. Uh, <laughs> Thomasine. Uh, I don't. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. We get, well, we we'll, we'll, there are later. some moments, so we might as well just keep. Let's stick to the plan. There stick are some the moments again. Yeah. Eric, I'm using this a lot this episode, but yeah. You know. Anytime anytime Mark repeats something I say, just assume that there are <laughs> quotes around it. Uh anyway, so Jack more or less agrees to burn David. Um so we go to the courtroom and my God, also this ep- this episode is also budget constraints <laughs> the episode. Cause man oh man, the courtroom is literally just the king's like throne room, but made to look even less impressive. Yes. Because his big, like impressive throne and 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 uh table has been removed. So it's like three tiny desks and a shit ton of folding chairs in the middle of his <laughs> fucking court in the middle of his like like throne room and it's just yeah. so unimpressive. They it's they so had a very cool aesthetic going earlier in the show with a very like sort of sleek modern uh but with i guess a natural element sort of i kind of yeah. liked it as like a to try and di- like they could have easily gone game of thrones he just made everything like medieval e- medieval europe and now with uh-huh. in modern times so i kind of like that they tried to go for their own aesthetic <laughs> i feel like they spent all their money in that goddamn throne room yeah they had no money left for any other it, it happens later in the episodes too of just like crowds are like incredibly tiny uh yeah weird places to have scenes well i don't want to spoil too much but this is a reoccurring problem through like Mm -hmm. through this episode like the constraints of whatever budget they have are really starting to show yeah and it's partially because like the courtroom like it this is this should be like a climactic sort of turning point uh, sequence right but the courtroom is so sterile and just so devoid of like and it's and so tiny. small it makes the characters look small when they're yeah. sitting at these little like cramped desks like nobody looks powerful or imposing yeah it really just look. it looks like a high school debate club <laughs> like everyone's just very cramped and uh just it's, it's not great bad. um and we're still apparently 
Jack is the prosecutor and Golden Boy is his own lawyer. <laughs> it's funny too because at the beginning, this guy who I assume was um, Golden Boy's lawyer starts to stand up and Shepard's like, no, 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 I got this. And then starts to defend for himself. And at first I was like, oh, he wants to like give his own speech at the beginning of like the case because yeah. he's golden boy and God's on his side, but Nope. He, d- I guess like he just shut that lawyer down for the rest of the case. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> lawyer was just like, Oh, you're not going to let me say opening arguments. Well, fuck you too, yeah. Shepard. I'm going yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Fine. You, I'm, I sure hope you studied law. <laughs> I sure hope you know how this shit works. Cause, uh, Peasant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do love Jack's fucking his argument for like the 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 linchpin of his case against David is that essentially the golden boy is too golden. Yeah, he's like David Shepard. He's great. He's handsome. All the ladies love him. He can get out of any jam. He killed the tank with a rocket launcher. He rescued my ass multiple times. He wears the freshest clothes. Goes to the hottest restaurants. He's he's got the best style. Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. He's a tastemaker, an idol. I want to fuck him. I'm gay. I really, really really want to kiss his face. Like who doesn't? Like he's amazing. He's a god among men. Surely he must be a spy. Is essentially surely like only he must someone... be removed from this mortal plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's too, too good, good for, for us, us plebeians. <laughs> uh, that is but great. yeah, that's that's essentially his argument: is that David has been so successful at saving this country, it must be <laughs> he must be plotting something. And it's like, it's a really okay, cynical man. view on life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they they bring a guy who looks remarkably like Jerry from Parks and Rec as kind of a witness, and he's, I guess, part of a sect of Geth extremists um, who they've either paid off or cut some sort of deal. But he's essentially could, like saying that David David did it all. He even goes like so far as to say that David didn't actually blow up the tank; it was remotely detonated, which is like this is some. Uh jet fuel can't melt steel beams sort of thing. Also, it's just extremely petty because it's like of all the things, like it's not illegal for David to blow up a tank like he was using an anti-tank weapon. Like, is it that <laughs> hard to believe? Like, that's not something, like that almost makes it suspicious that you're going so out of your way to say he can't even blow up a tank with a weapon designed to do that. <laughs> what a loser. We had to fake that too. Yeah, like it just seemed like a really petty dig of like, he didn't even do that right. I actually kind of like uh, that inclusion, though, just because, I mean, at this point, King Silas is being incredibly petty and in basically everything yeah. that he does. So, But the show isn't depicting it as him being petty. The no, show's depicting it as damning not. evidence. Again, uh, character communication and audience communication is just very muddled. Yes, yeah. So exactly. things like the fact that, as you were saying before, like, why is he going through this whole kangaroo trial? Maybe if we knew more about what King Silas <laughs> is actually thinking or doing or his motivations, we might be able to understand why he'd go to such lengths, but we don't really. Yep. Yep. Uh, but this is the sort of coup de... So Golden Boy is trying really hard to defend himself and failing. Uh, <laughs> and the, uh... yeah, That's the one important lesson from this episode, actually. <laughs> Kids, get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Don't get talk to the police lawyer. until you have a lawyer. <laughs> yep. yep. Otherwise, you'll end up like Golden Boy because yep. you're an idiot. We're all idiots. His defense is basically he walks up to the witness and he's like, you say we know each other. Do you know how I like my coffee? Do you know the level of firmness in the mattress? Like, <laughs> do you know that my favorite band? Like, how many albums do I own? And the guy's like, what? No, you don't need to know any of this stuff to like <laughs> do a dirty deal. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, what do you, I didn't say we're best friends. I said that we paid you <laughs> to like rip off the king. What? 
Uh, but the coup de grace comes when the uh, when Prince Jack shows surveillance footage of David with this Geth member. Uh, it's not him, but it looks remarkably like him. Um, and David's like, it's not me, that's not me. But the whole crowd is like, oh my God, surely this is the end of the Golden Boy. Uh, and that's that's kind of our first commercial break. Uh, when cut we come to. back, <laughs> yeah, cut to the shining, the shining redeeming light of our previous episodes that this episode even puts in threat of being <laughs> puts good. Puts in the dirt, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I just want to point out, I don't know if it's because we, like, I don't know because, like, commercial breaks were, like, longer back in the day, but that was a really awkward cut to watch. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, anyway, just a, mm. a small nitpick that I just, like, <laughs> I just got smacked in the face suddenly <laughs> by these two uh, sitcom angels. Uh, yeah, our favorite odd couple. Our favorite the odd doormen. couple. So we find our two favorite adorable doorman angels slash uh, mouthpiece of the common folk. Uh, and they're doing their th- they're, they're reading a newspaper in the snow, uh, and the the skinny one is is doing his thing. He's like, oh, I don't. I mean, David seems like such a good guy, but they got video evidence, and I just don't know. Okay. And then, so sorry to interrupt because the rest <laughs> of the scene is just awkward and terrible. It is. It's very bad. But this aspect of the scene. So before we were talking about how like there's not good communication between characters what characters know what we know there's that confusion yeah this is actually like the one moment in the episode where we are given <laughs> a clear message of like the common people are starting to lose faith in shepherd and i yes. really like that aspect they should have just yes. stopped the scene yeah. right there wow i don't know but, if i should believe in shepherd you know what that's a good point stand in for the common yeah. folk maybe i should be <laughs> concerned now thank you let's move on <laughs> to the next scene yeah, that's a good. You make an excellent point, the avatar of the public. <laughs> Thank you, speaker of the common man. Let's continue. Let's continue. Those are our names. That's all we are. Uh, yeah, it's clunky as hell, but at least it is clear. Like it it's is very clear. clear. Yes. Okay. Yes. If 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 these people who have been with David since day one are starting to question him, then we can reasonably infer that that is how most people are thinking. Right. But then, <laughs> who pulls up? But Thomasina. And the show all of a sudden freaks out and is like, wait, sh- shit, these guys aren't just like our stand-ins for the every everyday person. They also have their own stupid arc we got to right. uh, uh, bring to a close. So Thomasina, weirdly out of nowhere, just freaks out that the the palace guard is watching her enter. Like, that's his job <laughs> is to guard things. But she gets really uppity about it. And it's like, why are you looking at me? Stop looking at me. Don't stare at me. And our, our, our the, the fat angel gives the only answer I guess you could give under those circumstances and says, it's because of love, ma'am. It's when you, yes. It, it works 100% of the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> nothing diffuses a moment of workplace tension like like confessing your love to your boss. Like, it's just so unbelievably awkward and bad. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know why they did it. And the scene ends, like, right after that. So it's like, wh- why? <laughs> why did you do that? That scene was fine. You didn't need what that. What is wrong with you? Crap. <laughs> the TV show by its yeah. metaphorical... <laughs> lapel <laughs> yeah, yeah what is wrong with you uh anyway so after that silas has this we referenced the scene earlier silas has kind of a private audience with david in prison which i don't know why silas chooses to do it and i don't know why it's allowed for the basically the judge in the court to just speak with the suspect just privately uh, in his is, jail cell no, no, no this is great because later in i'm not gonna spoil it too much but later in the scene or later in the episode because again 
the the whole trial is muddy. So we mentioned how like at first Jack was gonna be a key witness and became a prosecutor. David like <laughs> told his lawyer to fuck off and then decided <laughs> to defend him for himself terribly. And apparently King Silas is like the judge jury executioner, yeah. like standing there with the hangman's like lever in his hand, like like rearing to go basically. Um, and so like the fact that again this is something that I wish they had shown like earlier in the show so that so that it actually made sense. But uh-huh. I really like the fact that he can just straight up in the middle of the trial be like, I want to talk to the defendant on my own. Can we just like <laughs> pause this trial? And like whoever is running the trial, because apparently it's not King Silas. There's like another yeah. guy there who like tells people when to go on lunch break. He's like, we're going to suspend the trial for an indefinite period of time. Everyone just leaves. Like yeah, everyone yeah. just leaves and lets, and like that makes total sense. Like in a kingdom where like absolute monarchy like, the king can just be like, yeah, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I want to talk to this defendant before I strangle him with my own two hands. And everyone's, like, cool with yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So, like, they can't – obviously, they can't have the king just do whatever he wants. Right. Because then there'd be no tension in the show, and he'd be an unstoppable adversary, basically. But they also want to allow him so much power that, like, they don't have to really explain <laughs> how the court works. The king can just kind of make things up as he goes along. <laughs> And so it's this weird push and pull where, like, the king is so powerful that I don't know why he doesn't have David just, like, why bother with all this trial nonsense? But he's also, like, not powerful. and Like, it's so unclear yeah. exactly what tools he has at his disposal. So there's not a lot of fun in watching him plot and plan because I don't really know what he's capable of right. in, any, in any single moment. And again, especially in this prison scene, I don't know why he's even bothering to talk to David. Like, again, the way this scene is set up, as you said, it seems like he's genuinely telling David that what hurt him the most was the princess's betrayal. And that's the only reason to have this scene is to have the king be honest in a one on one. But we get the sense he's not like, I don't know what this scene is supposed to communicate. And it's it just feels strange. It like breaks the reality of the show and then also just muddles the motivations and everything. It's it's such it's such a bad scene. It it definitely contributes to the overall like lack of energy in this episode in particular. Yeah. Um the thing I would argue is that the show doesn't really have tension anyway with the systems they tried to build. Like it was pretty bad at building those systems. So I think I should have just like like just gone full like he's an absolute monarch who can do whatever he wants. And Uh you're right in a sense that like because in previous episodes they've already shown that King Silas is like kind of limited in what he can do, um, so now it's really biting them in the butt when they want to, you know, make him be able to clear out an entire courtroom. Yeah, at, yeah, at his whim. Uh, but I feel like from the very beginning they should have just had it so that he, like, he makes the rules, man. Like he can uh-huh. do whatever, sort of like do whatever he wants, and that would also make it like him having to. I almost feel like him then going through sort of kangaroo court to make uh, Shepard look guilty would actually sort of make more sense in a, in, in a way that they could portray Shepard being a danger because for the first time, like, King Silas has to win a popularity contest almost. Yeah. Yeah. And if they had better – yeah. With all the systems they put in place – just sort of like muddles that reasoning and again as you were saying then when they have this jail scene just makes it worse because now we don't even know what the what we're supposed to believe like what is going on we don't we know nothing it it, the jail scene only made everything worse (laughs) yeah yeah it explained nothing it only raised (laughs) more questions yeah and dragged down the pace and just 
Yeah. Uh, so David brings in his wit- his star witness, which is his boot camp buddy. His bro. Uh, his he gives one of the <laughs> Yo, stupidest. Yo, we went to the same frat together. You fucking pounded <laughs> a keg that one time. It was sick. Yeah. It's like, no, no, Daniel, rest, Daniel, baby. Daniel, stop. No, that's not why I brought you here. You can't. That's not. Hey, you still owe me five bucks when you cheated at that card game, you <laughs> real son of a bitch, David. <laughs> I'm just razzing you, David. <laughs> it's all good, right? I'm going to die. I'm going to Wow, I'm a terrible lawyer. <laughs> uh, so, but the, 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 if Prince Jack's argument is based on kind of a dumb thread of reasoning, the line of argument that the witness eventually lands on is somehow even dumber. <laughs> which is kind of a butchering of Occam's razor, which is the simplest. When we're in the military, we're taught the simplest explanation is always true, which is not really (laughs) logic. Like it's based off a principle, which is that it's generally best to assume the simplest line of reasoning uh, is is the most likely. But the absolutionist version of that is extremely uh, tenuous. Yes. Um. Well, it's but great too because it fits exactly into then, uh, like Jack's line of reasoning, where it's like, "What makes more sense? Shepard is like a decent human being who, through a little bit of skill and a little bit of luck, rises to the ranks of power, or <laughs> <laughs> he's too good for this earth and he needs to be removed from it for being a spy." Yeah. And this guy's like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're <laughs> something, Jack. He is too good. Man, fuck this guy. Yeah, he still yeah. still owes me five dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really dumb. I don't like it. It's like even even nobody has a good argument here. This this really is a kangaroo court, but not because <laughs> not because King Silas is weighing the scales, because both sides are ridiculously incompetent. <laughs> uh I, I, I feel like I don't know, maybe listeners back home might not feel this way, but I feel like we're speeding through the um summation of this episode because it's just that dumb like it's just yeah, so really little is. to say about it other than it's just really really poorly executed yeah yeah and again vague so everywhere. it's like hard to even make jokes or riff off of it because like we're just confused I'm not sure <laughs> confused uh, <hurt. laughs> betrayed betrayed i feeling alone in a, in a hostile world in a world that no longer makes sense god is dead and we've replaced him <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking vapid entertainment, man. Nothing <laughs> makes sense anymore. Uh, anyway, so, but here's, okay, here's our one almost good scene, <laughs> which is that the show then pays off its setup and shows the king going grocery shopping with the Reverend yes. Samuel. This um, was another, um, like, it really felt like they had a constrained budget. Not because you shouldn't film in, like, a grocery store, but this looks like the shittiest grocery store. Yeah, I mean, this looks not- like 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 a corner market that's like it has business because it's just closer than like an actual supermarket. And so people yeah. are like, "Oh my god, it's five dollars for eggs!" Ah, oh, but I have to walk like an extra five minutes to the actual <laughs> grocery store. Yeah, I guess I'll just shop here. And it's like the king—he's <laughs> the fucking king. Like he can shop, he can afford Trader Joe's. Yeah, film well- this in a goddamn like. Well, here's the thing is that it's not even like it would be one thing if he was shopping at like a really shitty place, but it has like farm fresh ingredients. Like the reason this place is shitty is because the farm is literally right, next right, door. Exactly. That'd be one thing. Or For if sure. he was shopping at like the the uh, Shiloh equivalent of like, 
I don't know, a Bristol Farms. A farmer's a market? Home. I don't know. Yeah. Play with or, this. Or something. Fuck. Yeah, but it's like he's he's shopping at the Ralph the Rock and Ralphs on Hollywood <laughs> to use to use the uh LA analogy. People who know what I'm talking about will instantly know the <laughs> of what I'm talking about. But that's what it looks like he's that's where it looks like he's shopping. And so yeah, it just again makes it kind of underwhelming the yes. scenario that this is taking place in. Um but anyway, so I kind of skipped over this a little bit previously. Um but Samuel has somewhat of a dog in this fight. Um, we see a scene of him briefly talking to the corporate sleaze bag. Oh, that's and right. the corporate sleaze bag is essentially, uh, I guess dangling the promise. It's not super clear what exactly the situation is. This here. is exactly like in the previous episode when the corporate sleaze bag was talking to Jack, where it's supposed to be this tense scene of like corporate sleaze bag has all the cards and he's now twisting Samuel's arm to get what he wants. But, like, mm-hmm. we don't know what Corporate Sleazebag has or doesn't have. We don't mm-hmm. know what Samuel has or doesn't have. We don't even know what they necessarily... I mean, we know Corporate Sleazebag wants to overthrow King Silas. We don't know what Samuel really wants anymore. So, again, it's just one of these, like, awkward, like, there should be tension. And there should be, like, a, oh, shit, like, Samuel is giving in to, like whatever Corporate Sleazebag wants. But instead, it's yeah. just, like, I don't know what happened. Like, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know what the scene was supposed to tell me or what mm-hmm. changed after this scene. Yeah. And from the beginning, the corporate sleaze bag's been kind of like he doesn't care if David lives or dies. Like, he kind of sees the trial as, like, a, at least initially, he sees the trial as, like, this only is a win for me. Yeah. Like, either David goes down and King Silas is, is, is reviled or David succeeds and King Silas is reviled. <laughs> um, and this is another case where, like, I'm not sure... Yeah. If corporate sleaze bag is right or not, like the way he's depicted is is as somebody who knows what's going on, but he's miscalculated. I I really don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. Um. I have nothing to add <laughs> because it was just really confusing in every way. So we actually then finally get the payoff to the brilliant, <laughs> brilliantly subtle setup in the opening of the episode, which is that hey, King Silas is going grocery shopping like he promised. And this this scene is like a scene that is almost weird enough to be fun. Like it, <laughs> it, it just inches up to being weird enough to be fun, but then it's undercut by a lot of the poor, uh, like like plot st- uh, structuring and yeah. and clarity that we were talking about. It's a brief glimpse into like what the show could have been towards the end of the series, towards the end of the season, yeah. if they just stopped giving a fuck. Like <laughs> if they didn't. If they had just been like, and now the king and like the pope are standing around <laughs> in the grocery store, just hanging out, and a two fucking best Ralph. friends, two straight yeah. dudes, just hanging out, having a good time <laughs> in the grocery store. Like this scene is such a, it's such like, I don't know whether it was inspired by budget cuts. They just like went to their local <laughs> fucking like corner market. Like, yeah, I don't know what they have in in Hollywood, but you know, like. It's yeah. it look it literally if you're in LA you'll know this it looks like a Ralph's like it looks exactly <laughs> like a Ralph's. All right, so they're they're at a Ralph. They're like they are right, at a Ralph's. We need <laughs> it's they're at a. I'm telling they're you, they're at it's a Ralph's. Ralph's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. King Silas turns to the camera and says, "The best bargains can always be found at Ralph's. Low prices every day. Feel like a king at Ralph's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a divine sign to let me know that the best prices can be found at your local Ralph's." <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's the old, um, creativity or 
no wait sorry i got that backwards uh restraints can breed creativity yes where before they were reusing the throne room as now a courtroom because it's obviously spent their entire budget on that room now they're at least taking it outside some location shooting and it kind of works you're right it's like it's almost weird enough it's just yeah it's but that's that's the thing there. is that it's it's weird because it gives this it gives this scene kind of a weird aura because the king is not shopping somewhere super nice or like very like back alley like oh you got it. this is where you find the fresh ingredients like he's just that yeah. kind of like a general grocery store <laughs> that anybody can go the to grocery store. <laughs> yeah and it's a very strange context to see him which which again almost works like if they did more with that strangeness yeah. it would have worked better but they don't really comment on it um, and we sort of get so kind of an aspect of this episode we've been sort of glossing over because it's, it's kind of hard to explain and pin down is we've sort of been seeded some of how Samuel and the, and the corporate sleazebag who we haven't seen much of at this point, how they kind of feel about this whole trial thing. And it's sort of unclear. Like Samuel doesn't want to betray Silas, but he also really, he, he does believe that David is divinely touched. Yeah. Um, and I mean, thus like name, shouldn't be, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this shouldn't be, you know, executed. Um, and the corporate sleazebag, meanwhile, is kind of like he doesn't he he sees this as a blunder either way. Whether David lives or dies, King Silas is going to look bad in his estimation. Yeah. I guess it, it gets even weirder as the episode goes on. It's not quite clear where the corporate sleazebag stands, but uh, Samuel at least is kind of. Whereas the corporate sleazebag is mutually uncaring, Samuel is kind of mutually hand wringy about how this yeah. whole thing is 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 shaking out. So he's sort of imploring Silas in the fucking produce aisle <laughs> to uh, reconsider this whole trial thing. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, again, uh, sort of harping on these points over and over again, but there are just so many moments where it just is so clear how the motivations of the characters just aren't well understood and how, like, I can sort of see they want to show conflict within Samuel of, like, does he stay loyal to the, his king or does he stay loyal to, like, his beliefs and to his god? But, like, mm-hmm. it's just so clumsily handled uh, yeah. with – I don't want to spoil it. I'll let you do the honors. Uh, <laughs> well, there's, there's a secret coming up that's revealed about yep. Samuel. Um, yeah. That, like, it, it – the internal conflict just becomes, like, confusion for us. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the same with the corporate sleazebag. I think they're supposed to – they're trying to, like, build him up as to be, like, he's in control. Like, he doesn't give a – like he doesn't care yeah. about David. Like he has his own machinations that like are totally independent of everything that's going yeah. on, and like he's above it all. But he just comes off as like he also doesn't really know what's going on, <laughs> and he's just kind of is like, "Who's David? Like, yeah, yeah. what what is happening?" Yeah, I guess I'll just see how this goes. This goes? I'll just stare out of my window ominously um, with a knife. Eat my salad. <laughs> yeah, eat my salad. <laughs> I'm so fucking hungry. All I had are leaves. <laughs> You think as a as a corporate uh, uh, magnate, I would be able to afford more? <laughs> but no, it's just fucking like romaine every day. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. So it's just yeah. It's just really all any any sort of tension or like drama that they want to derive out of these scenes is just totally lost because there's no. Yes. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah. But then in the middle of that kind of muddly yeah. Uh, Samuel just gets fed up and slaps the produce aisle and all the power goes out. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Yes. That was dope. That was so dope. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about like almost weird enough is that 
dope that he's pulling some like magic like god divine magic shit but the way he does it there was a split second where i'm like did he just like punch the protocell <laughs> so hard the power went out because it literally makes like a clang sound like he moves his hand yeah. and then it's a thunk and then the power goes out so like it wasn't like there was no physicality to that to that gesture he like smacked the light and then all the lights died. i'm like well that was weird it's like oh it's and then king Sia says like hey, parlor tricks and i'm like oh okay it's magic you know what that was you know how in Django, um, uh, the Tarantino movie, um, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio slams the glass down and actually breaks it and like gets glass in his hand, but like keeps going because yes. he's so yeah, the director. Yeah. Like he was the lights weren't supposed to turn off. Like Samuel <laughs> was just supposed to get angry, and then he like smacked like one of like the supermarket isn't real right it's yeah, all yeah. just like a set or whatever he just smacks something so hard it like turned off the lights on the set but he just like rolled with it like <laughs> they're like oh yeah it's just, just like oh and in the, the interview is michael like, green oh, holy shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and in, in the in the behind the scenes interviews michael green is like well we didn't plan on there being an actual divine presence in this show but then fucking samuel punched literally punched the lights out of the set so we kind of had to roll with it so with the lights killed and the mood appropriately ominous yes. and godly, uh, Silas kind of really tries to pull the screw to turn the screws to. Uh, sorry, Samuel really tries to turn the screws into Silas, only for Silas to sort of flip the tables on him with your favorite plot device, brother. You said I should reveal it, but I think you should. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. It's <laughs> the old. Uh, Secret family member trick. The secret family member trick. <laughs> Take a shot, everybody at Yay! home. Woo! We got one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Apparently, Samuel had a wife who met an untimely end, and so yes. had Silas take revenge on his wife. Well, for his wife. For his wife. Silas yes. didn't take revenge on the wife for dying. How dare you die on me, <laughs> tragically. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, yes. That is what I meant yeah. to say. Uh, uh, I would like to point out uh, this it changes nothing. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. That, it's so strange. <laughs> we, can, we can just move on. That yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. and the scene ends, and yep. that's yep. it. That's it's it. it's the weakest like so it's 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 a slight variation on the secret family trope because the family member is dead <laughs> so it's like it's slightly different and also like it's not maybe it wasn't a secret so much as just withholding information i guess from the audience but it, it comes across as kings being like well we need we need another character detail for samuel so let's just invent another off-screen yeah. family member that he cares about um so yeah and then the scene ends and then we get another like what starts as an interesting development and becomes less so as the episode goes on, which is that the princess comes to David and she's been kind of like in and out of the trial for a little while. There's like some, some like light yeah. hinting that her sickness might be coming back, but yeah. this, that doesn't get resolved this episode. Yeah. Um, and so she finally comes to David and says, listen, I just realized something because we were together during the blackout, which nobody else knows about. I can pr- you have an alibi for the video footage that they claim shows you making a dirty deal with the Geth. Right. So we can exonerate you. It'll sacrifice, it'll cost me my, my honor basically because we'll have been revealed to having this illicit fair affair like under everyone's noses, but it will save you. And like even though this was a little like uh I guess uh, again a little little obvious, I still kind of enjoyed it. 
like I got I like that setup and payoff of the blackout. I like them reusing that. Yeah. A setup payoff that actually kind of worked. Yeah, I wish, yeah. I wish I wish they had explained like at the trial um that it was like here's video taken right before the blackout of him meeting with the gaff or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been like yeah. just like a sort of reminder. You know, mm-hmm. it's a setup, reminder, payoff or whatever. I don't know, you're the script writer. I don't, <laughs> I don't watch movies. Yeah, yeah. Um but it, it you're right in a sense that it is payoff and it's also payoff in terms of like it's kind of an interesting choice that she makes. Yeah. I guess. Uh in a sense that a lot of the other times, like throughout most of the series, she was either getting like cock blocked by God, getting like healthcare <laughs> blocked by her father. Oh. Or just like sort of I don't know, she just wasn't like doing much Yeah. In comparison to like all the other like players in this like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. chess. Game. No, I agree. I agree. She she, so she nice functioned. See her like again the setup and payoff. And you're right. The sort of just like something is happening that makes sense. Yeah, in this episode, yeah. which was nice to yeah. see. Yeah, there's there's real clarity of like here's here's a move. Here's what the character stands to gain from the move. Here's what the character stands to lose from the move. And showing how those two sides where the priority lies informs their character. Yeah. So it's nice. It's clean. Yeah. It's simple. She goes to tell. Her father basically that this is what she plans to do Who? in a scene that is in a scene that is weird enough to be good. I would argue because this I is very weird. Love the scene again. <laughs> it's just they just need in this show they just should have ramped up the number of minutes that Ian McShane holds a weapon of some kind. <laughs> it was great yes. when he had the gun. It's really good in this scene when he's eating steak <laughs> like yep, a yep. maniac. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, he's just this like scene. In the middle of the night, in the middle, in the middle of the night, night. he's just fucking night. hacking the, like a sirloin. The other thing about the scene, I feel like they filmed it like 50 million times, so E. McShane uh-huh. was just really tired of it by this point. Because it wasn't like scene starts, daughter enters, Michelle enters, hey, uh, dad, I want to talk to you about something. And, uh, and E. McShane's like, oh, what do you think for my daughter? I'm having some steak. Would you like some? <laughs> Michelle <laughs> walks in and is like, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And E. McShane's like, do you want some steak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is just blood there is a desperation. Like, I fucking yeah. love steak. <laughs> He's just like holding this knife. Yeah. You want some fucking steak? Yeah, you want some fucking like, steak? Whoa. This is great. Prime cut, prime cut, my daughter, prime cut. <laughs> Nothing better than a midnight steak. I didn't even cook it. <laughs> yeah, there is like a desperation and like a haggardness yes, about his yes, gaze that just like exactly instantly. Right. And it makes, the, as you're saying, it makes the scene like, just weird enough. Just weird enough because there's yeah. no It's like <laughs> pretense. You know what's you know what's weird? A guy waking up in the middle of the night and cooking himself a full fucking steak and just eating it from the cutting board with a giant knife. But do you know what makes it even weirder? If he's also kind of upset about it for some reason. <laughs> like he doesn't even know why he's eating the steak. He just had the compulsion. Now he's gotta like feed the meat demons inside of him or he can't get back to bed. He had a nightmare that like a, a fucking New York strip betrayed him, and he's gonna take <laughs> his revenge. And it works. It works. It works. It's very good. Um, and again, it also like the weirdness is built around what is this, which is what is a very clear conflict in drama. Yes. The, the, we know, and this is again one of those things where like previously the episode is having a trouble differentiating between what the characters know and what the audience should know. In this one, it's really clear. We know that King Silas is not going to like go full 
vengeance on his daughter because we know that she is like the the one thing he is refusing to give up no matter what. Right. So there's some dramatic irony in the fact that she believes that she could potentially be turned on uh, by Silas, but we secretly know that like that is the one line he's not willing to cross, which is why her threat causes him to go so fucking mental and start waving a knife in her face. Right. For sure. Um, it's, also, it's, it's, it's also, again, a sort of clear like motivation. We both know what these characters want, and we also know what they don't know. Yeah. Which, again, yeah. which is what makes, like, like if all these scenes have a potential for dramatic tension, and we just knew what characters wanted, and these two scenes, like, back-to-back, like, clearly show like what Michelle wants in relation to what her father, King Silas, wants, and sort of-ish what um, David, the golden boy, wants. Yeah. And these scenes yeah. work. They're not the best scenes, not the most like entertaining scenes beyond Ian yeah. and Shane like, wielding a steak knife, but <laughs> they work. They get yes. the job done. Yeah, yeah. Um, what doesn't get the job done is I'm just going to blow through this next scene. Uh, David gets briefly sprung from jail by the corporate sleazebag and Samuel, <laughs> and it literally changes nothing in the dynamic. It's like, I, yeah, I don't know what I feel like they're trying to mi- make it. I I actually don't know what the scene is trying to even say to the yeah. audience because nothing you're right. Nothing changes in terms of like the characters relationships with each other, which like can be fine if you're making a scene that tells us more about the characters, like what they yeah, stand for. Yeah. But like Shepard gets shepherded away. <laughs> from, <laughs> got him. Uh, <laughs> from from uh, jail, as you said. He's yeah. broken out. And Corbett Sleazebag is there and he's just like, Ooh. he's acting like an angsty teenager. He's he like, really oh, is. I don't care if you make it out. <laughs> it's whatever. I'm so rich. Um, Which again, it flies. It's like, okay, so then it just confuses things further. It's like, right. did Samuel orchestrate this and the Corbett Sleazebag is just along for the ride? Does the Corbett Sleazebag actually care? It's so muddled. It's so yeah. bizarre. Uh, and then like David's reasoning is he's like, I don't run away. Like I'm not yeah. running away from this. Which like, again, is... I feel like we already sort of know this about Shepard. Yeah. And I also I, can't tell if that's like if the show wants us to be like, yeah, Shepard, stay for the trial and die. Yeah, because we yeah. know that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Or if we should be like, Shepard, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Like, it, mm. I feel like the signals they were sending were like, Shepard is in the right. Like, don't run away from your problems. But also his yeah. problem is like being framed. <laughs> his problem is that he's a very bad lawyer. <laughs> he's elected exactly. to appoint himself so as like, one. At this point, I'm like, bro, like, just get out of there. Like, I don't know yeah. what you're trying to do. And yeah. then, like, again, nothing changes. And, like, we already kind of knew this about David as, like, his character. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't yeah. show us any – it reveals nothing about anybody it doesn't mm-hmm. change anything about anybody. It's just like there to happen like before. I don't know. I don't know what they're Yeah, doing. yeah. I, what I thought was going to happen is I thought what they were going to do is make this a doubling down moment for David on Michelle where he would say, no, listen, I trust Michelle. Uh, She's going to give the testimony. That would have been good, actually. Right? That would have like, that would have really like solidified their relationship and been like, Damn. yes, okay. You're even a small more... motherfucker, you know that? <laughs> yeah, like that would have been, like that's where I thought it was going. I started talking yeah. about my notes like, like, oh, hell yeah. They're like finally like giving, making David have to have faith in Michelle instead of the other way around. Right. But no, instead David just gives a dumb reason where he's like, <laughs> I'm not going to run away from a fight I'm destined to lose. And it's like, okay, man, I guess go for it. <laughs> good night, um, sweet and- prince. <laughs> <laughs> and it le- that leads directly into another scene that is just like kind of meaningless which is that 
Jack Jack comes to visit David in jail, hear, and David's we hear. Sorry, we. I just want to point out we hear uh, on um, on one season wonders are not uh, nihilists. We're not huge fans of Nietzsche, <laughs> but every now and then you watch a show. And it's just, <laughs> it's a little meaningless. It's, it's just a little void of meaning. Yeah. <laughs> just like uh, the universe. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Not for once of trying. Uh, <laughs> but so, so Jack comes to visit David. And the scene even opens with Jack being like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> why are you doing this show? Good point. Uh, but he shows up to have a private prison audience with David because I guess the prosecutor can do that as well. Yeah. And he shows up and is like, what do you want? And David says, listen, I know that there's a plot against your father now and the corporate sleazebag is involved. And I do not know what to make of Jack's reaction because well, he seems surprised, that but is also one, not. Uh, yeah, that is the one thing that changes, uh, changes in air quotes in that scene. Is yeah. that David finds out that corporate sleazebag and Samuel have a like, coup planned. Yeah, uh, and he try, but again, he tries to warn Jack, who pretends like he doesn't know anything about this. I guess. Yeah. Even though he's like a part of the plot, but he seems surprised that David learned, which is like, did the corporate sleazebag not inform Jack about right, his prison exactly. break attempt? Like yeah. again, it doesn't. Who's who's on whose side and who's playing who is very blurred right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is fine for it to be blurred between the characters, not cool to be blurred for the audience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, we we need to know, we need to be able to see the chart as to who right. who we should, even if there's like a secret plan in place, we should at least have a working flow chart yeah. of relationships to go off of that you can subvert. Yeah, it also um, doesn't help that we still like, I just, I just really wish... Jack was more fleshed out. I thought they were really going somewhere with this character. Yeah. And with, like, sort of, he starts off as, like, the, your classic, like, bratty prince, who then instead sort of has, is sort of using the bratty prince persona to cover up, like, his real life, his sort of real agenda, and then sort mm-hmm. of throws, casts that all aside to become, like, the king that he wants to be. And then you can have this tension of, like, you know, uh, do people really understand who he is? Do people, yeah. how do people react when he's acting seriously? Do they take him seriously? And then he has this internal struggle and like all of that is like just gone. Like yeah. they don't even, ad- it's not even a dress. It's not even like, they don't even throw like a stone to it or anything. Like yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. And everything that happened in the past is just totally like, he's just a blank slate basically. And yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just really, I don't know. I'm just kind of disappointed. But yeah. Uh, equally disappointing is, the next scene, which is that uh, Michelle goes to her mother, the queen, and reveals that she's pregnant with David's child. And the queen is instantly like, oh, my goodness. Well, uh, you should keep that secret and let David go down on the trial because otherwise your father's going to kill you, I guess. And you're a mother now, so that's all you care about, right? And Michelle's just like, yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's the scene. It's so fucking bizarre. It just like completely flips yeah. Michelle's character on a dime yeah. using logic that isn't very... It also, it also flips the queen characters on the dime because if you recall a few episodes ago she was like i sacrificed you to the fucking press oh yeah like, that's to, right to publish the nudes or Fuck. whatever like welcome to womanhood and then suddenly there's a like she's pregnant with david's kid and she's just like oh my god that's oh i'm gonna protect you don't worry like i've always yeah. been on your side and it's like what i i Bullshit. don't think it's yeah yeah i don't here. It's the it's like accidentally stuff stumbling to like a pretty, you know, 
nasty trope, which is that, oh, as soon as a woman's pregnant, that's all she is. She is yeah. just her pregnancy. And the yeah. show just kind of like accidentally d- replicates that trope by having both <laughs> female characters literally drop everything else they were doing and every other concern they had the moment one of them is yeah. pregnant. No matter who the father is, no matter what the circumstances are, it's all about making sure that They're, baby lives. And it's yeah, like, they're really, whoa. They're really grasping at straws to keep the narrative afloat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the final day of the court of the trial rolls around and <laughs> David's <laughs> closing statement starts with him being like, so I probably shouldn't have represented myself. <laughs> basically. <laughs> Wait, did we, did we go over the fact that, so that scene happens and then David's like, I have a witness. Well, this, that's, that's coming up. That's oh, part I'm of sorry. this. Okay. His, his I, closing I argument sim- is okay, okay. His closing right, argument right. is also his final like witness calling. Cause that's yes. how this court system works. I guess. Yes. Is you're allowed a secret witness if it's <laughs> okay, dramatic yes. enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I got this scene confused with the final, final court scene. Yeah. Which uh, is sentencing so, or whatever. Yeah. So David opens with, listen, I know I'm a shitty lawyer, but <laughs> you can't argue with the facts. And the facts are I have a witness who can prove that I was not in the bar with uh, Jerry from Parks and Rec. <laughs> The night we were supposedly doing this Who, uh, subterfuge. In some scene that, I don't know if this happens before or after this, just gets blown away in his jail cell. <laughs> he does, <laughs> yeah. By SWAT. Like, <laughs> King Silas is just like, if he can be bought to, like, lie for us, he can be bought to lie for them. So, like, eliminate him. And so the SWAT just, like, show up and, like. Yeah, a whole team. Like, yeah, it's a not a secret team, assassination. Like, they said a whole jail, team. Yeah to his jail cell and he's, and he's just like and Jerry from Seinfeld's just like oh what this no, Jerry, wasn't in no, my no, contract no. Jerry from Parks and Rec Jerry from Seinfeld's a different person no it's, it's <laughs> look it's on Jerry IMDB Seinfeld. baby yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like what's the deal with political assassinations and then he gets fucking like just <laughs> <Wasted>. domed <laughs> yeah yeah exactly by uh, four dudes in his jail cell I just wanted to go I just wanted to like, this is just another like wow they really had a constrained budget they can't even like shoot this guy anywhere else besides this yep. fucking jail cell that was yeah. all the money they have left for the set yeah uh anyway so david cues michelle to come in and save his ass but michelle doesn't come oh she and yeah. david is destroyed uh, and King Size takes this opportunity. First of all, Ian McShane takes like the loudest slurp of tea when Michelle doesn't show up, which is, is just fantastic. It is actually an amazing shot of like you see David's dumbfounded face, and then it like sort of focuses in instead on King Silas, who's like in the background, just like shaking this slurp of yeah. tea or whatever. He's doing he's doing the Kermit tea meme. Is he basically really what is. he's doing. Yeah. Just like yeah, throwing that throwing that <laughs> throwing sweet sweet Earl Grey yeah. back. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Um, I actually also really like this. wasn't supposed to be funny, but I found it really <laughs> amusing. Is when like it's obvious that Michelle isn't coming, so like yeah. the guy who was supposed to be the lawyer <laughs> in the case <laughs> goes up and whispers in like David Shepard's ear, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like Michelle's not coming. Uh, mm-hmm. And David's response is he just like takes his information and looks over to King Sides and he's just like. I have no witness. <laughs> I, just <sits laughs> down. I don't know um, why. Like I can't, I can't really describe it as well as I as it is in my brain. But it's it's almost like they didn't tell the actor who plays Golden Boy that like Michelle yeah. wasn't gonna show up, so he didn't <laughs> honestly know how to react. So he was just like, "Uh, is is she gonna 
<laughs> I, I have no witness. <laughs> I, I guess. Is it? Did I miss lunch break? It. They cut it right, <laughs> right before he says that. Yeah, um, it's good. It's good. Um, but in so not Kings- uh, the way it's meant to be good. Right, right. So King Size, after just soaking in his wonderful, delicious, uh, humiliating of David, um, decides to call an impromptu one-on-one meeting, which, again, I guess you mentioned this. I guess he can do because he's the king and judge and jury and executioner. So he just says, everyone out. Time for a private meeting in the courtroom. Uh, and somehow, like, Jedi mind tricks David into deciding to confess. abusive relationship type. Yeah. Shit, where he's like, it's all your fault, David that I have to do this to you. And David's like, oh my God, it is my but again, fault. It's so, it's so strange because in the, the last episode ended with David marching into the, the chambers with like a swagger and being like, hey, Silas, you piece of shit. Like, I yeah. got your stupid piece of paper. Let me be with your daughter already. Like he had, he, he was so done with Silas's bullshit. I don't know why he's suddenly like rolling over for this. Like he knows Silas killed his dad, right? Like that we learned that. But at the same time, episode. do we do we know that he believes that Silas killed his dad? Like that's the guy just drops. He's like, I saw you. Like he he runs into this random guy at a bar. Yeah. He's like you got any information? The guy's like, like piss off. Like you're an idiot. Then gets brought back to life by this guy. This guy's like, by the way, I served in the army with your dad. I was there. He was sent to die. And then like. He st- and then Golden Boy steals this dude's motorcycle and yeah. pisses off. Like we did, we never know whether or not like if this changes his feelings towards King Silas at all. We think it does. I, and the next episode, it's totally like retconned, basically. Yeah, I thought I thought that the language of the show seemed to want us to believe that the dude who saved David's life was being one hundred with him, right, right, and was telling the truth, and that David was like that was that whole gas station thing was that he was feeling adrift like he didn't know who to believe anymore because right. Silas had betrayed him and then he has a flashback with his father and decides to believe in himself instead like I thought that was right. the arc of that episode yes was, it was but now mean... they just completely take right. it back and right. it's like no David's completely dependent on King Silas now yes. and, and will lick his boots if, if Silas tells him it's for the good of the nation yeah uh, the the other thing with that arc uh, we're sort of getting back to the previous episode but it does yeah. relate to this episode, is that um, it was never paid off from the standpoint of, like, we never found out if he believes that the... Like, I thought it was going to be, like, this guy drops his information. He's like, I don't believe that. I love my king. And then, like, he gets more information and realizes the guy was telling the truth or, like, yeah, something. Yeah. But that never happens. So then when it comes to, like, this episode, like, going from that episode, going into this episode... Like there are also several scenes within this episode where he's where he's yelling like I've been framed like that's not yeah me. yeah like and like the thing it's not like it's not like this is a trial where it was like David did something good that is now being twisted into like oh it was actually a bad thing like no yeah just literally making shit up that David would know like like he's just being gaslit I guess like I don't yeah, know yeah. like that's like the only explanation because he knows exactly where he was during the blackout and yeah, like yeah. minutes before. King Silas like Jedi mind tricks him in this like abusive chat whatever yeah uh he's like very confident like oh Michelle's gonna come out and save my butt uh like there's no there's no uh moment where either he doubts himself or there's a reason to believe that he would start to doubt himself yeah yeah and and King Silas's logic is like just basically a variation on Jack's argument which is he's basically like couldn't you say that being cooler than your king 
is in fact like treason and david's like oh god i guess you're right if i'm better than you that means i'm doing it wrong and it's like what yeah <laughs> and it's, so yeah bad it's 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 bad and then as if that wasn't bad enough the show does one final just fuck you to all the the character development and all the setup at the very end and king and david gives his big confession where he's like yep i admit it i totally treasoned uh, my king now, I guess I believe that. And just on a dime, Jack decides to just go off and just confess to everything. Yeah. Be like, this was a setup. King Silas is a fraud. This is a lie. This this video recording is fake. David's a good man. He'd never betray us. Everything I said at this point is bullshit. And it's like, <laughs> why is this happening right now? <laughs> I don't get, did you, did, did it, I, did anything previously make you think that that was where this was going? Again. Okay, so actually, unlike a lot of the other like setup and payoffs, where they didn't have a setup and then they just had to pay off something because for the narrative, yeah, they sort of had to do with this. But I will actually give them the benefit of the doubt in that they tried and it could have worked. Okay, unlike the pregnancy thing or like a Samuel and his secret wife dead wife <laughs> the uh, secret fridge to wife yeah. yeah or the um corporate sleaze bag uh like this one i could see because both jack and uh golden boy have gone through a few episodes of like bonding of like potentially yeah. bonding moments they go on like that secret mission they have he throws the party for him and sort of like frames david um but, They've you know. both been fucked over by Silas. Which They've both been fucked over them... by Silas in different yeah. ways. Uh, Jack, like, at this point, uh, it for whatever reason, Jack is going to side with the Corvus Lee's bag, ostensibly, and, like, mm-hmm. participate in the coup. So all the ingredients are there of, like, Jack and Shepard have this relationship. Um, and uh, it, this relationship... Um, Plus, his knowledge that there's going to be a coup anyway sort of uh-huh. leads him to, you know, blow the casket and just go off yeah. on his dad. But throughout that episode, there's no hint that Jack is, like, being remorseful at all for what he's doing. Yeah, King Silas is like, I made you an omelet, so you better fuck David over. Kind of, is what he says. Yeah, yeah. And Jack <laughs> is like, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. And Jack, Jack is like, Okay, yeah, sounds good. And then throughout the episode, like when he meets David in jail, he's pretending to be like, "Oh, I don't have time for this bullshit." Like, there's no yeah. empathy at all until this yeah. moment when he just explodes. And like, if if they had had just they had like one or two moments where he, I think he's talking to Corbett Slee's bag. I, yeah. I might just be making this up just to like make me feel better about this whole thing. Yeah. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a scene. Where he's talking to Corpus Lee's bag, where Corpus Lee's bag's like, mm, I don't care if he lives or dies. I'm totally sin today for yeah. David Shepard. <laughs> uh, and Jack is like, oh man, he's a good man, but whatever. I'm just going to follow what my dad wants to do. Yeah. And that's like it. If they had like a couple more scenes like that, or even just like a mo- a quiet moment of like, I don't know, like the courtroom's empty and it's just, just like they could have just done with what they did with golden boy where he's at the gas yeah. station you mentioned it before. It's a great scene where like he just takes a moment to be like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, if yeah, they yeah. just had a scene like that for Jack, this moment would have been so much more believable where he just takes a yeah. second to be like, Oh, 
Like I'm totally out of control and it, yeah. it, it could have worked. I feel like it could have worked. There was something there. They just, this episode is so fucking awful that like the fact that it ends this way is fitting <laughs> to be honest <laughs> to the rest of the episode. Yeah. Uh, and if the episode had just been done better as a whole, I think, I think it could have worked. Yeah, it felt like they this set themselves up for for a good solution with Michelle's testimony. Yeah, and then like made her pregnant, like threw her off stage, and made a bad solution instead. Once yeah. they did that, like I don't. But anyway, so it it makes of course King Silas very very mad. He calls Jack a slur, uh, for gay people, which is like our cue that like oh King Silas is is Dunzos. Yeah. Um and uh, David. Which hey. If that's not progressive, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give him credit for that, I guess. Um, so yeah, I guess the whole crowd and, and and the whole crowd instantly, the coup is going on. It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. Like instantly, it's everyone's riding. against Silas. People are going nuts. It's it's especially bizarre because we didn't really mention this, but like in previous scenes, it's been shown that people are like, "We believed in you, Golden Boy. How could you lie to us?" And then, like on a dime, they're like throwing tomatoes at King yeah. Silas, and they're yeah. rioting basically. <laughs> yeah, they they have the signs that are like David betrayed betrayed us, but then they also have like their fucking Kalashnikovs under their jackets yeah. for when the coup, <laughs> when the revolution happens. Like they are so ready to go, uh, uh, and like yeah. and the corporate sleeves by hands jacket, like literally, because again. Unfortunately, the show is in this case very specific with its timeline, which is Jack is literally leaving the courthouse from his <laughs> testimony, and Corpus Lee's like hands up a gun and is like, "It's happening! Like, <laughs> it's happening! It's Here happening! We go. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy!" Yeah. So it's... the coups. I guess the revolution. Here comes the revolution. Okay, but again, I don't know why I'm defending this, but I'm going to defend this. This <laughs> could have worked if our if if it weren't for the fact that our only connection with the common folk were the two uh, guards who have that weird, awkward moment with Thomasina, yeah. which actually okay, that's which... another weird, awkward moment that we skipped over because we purged it from our brains. Because it's just, I, I, I'm just gonna say, it. she kisses the fat one. It makes no sense. No sense it means nothing. Yes. that's it. That's Excellent. all we're gonna say. <laughs> uh, so like that's our. So like the only thing we learn about the common people are like, okay, this guard is in love with this like hiring political person. Or whatever is infatuated with really yeah uh and then the only other glimpse that we get to see is like very underwhelming crowds yes um who are protesting against david essentially being like how could you do this uh-huh. if they had had like like the pieces are here uh-huh they have built up david as this <laughs> absolute legend like this beast <laughs> destroys this a goliath tank yeah. saves the prince like goes on special spec ops missions on the regular uh-huh. brings back the constitution or the magna carta or whatever from being sold on the black market like yeah. this guy is divinely blessed he's a legend he's a absolute beast uh-huh. the people love him i can't show believe us the holiness the people of this lad him. yeah like show us please like i hear it all the time but like have him like walking down the street and people are like Finger gunning him, high five. I don't know. <laughs> like, people love this guy. And yeah, then yeah. the trial happens. People start buying into him. Show us, show us, show us. Whoa, I am starting to lose my ability to speak English. Show <laughs> David being reviled by people and not just like yeah. small crowds. Like, you need to crank this up to 11. Like, you got, uh-huh. like, 
if they had set up before that people love him, we see people loving him, even the small crowd of people hating them would have so much more of an impact. Yeah, yeah And yeah. then when it comes to the end that people are suddenly rioting, like that's still a little weird, but it would have little, it would have made a little more sense of like, you know, they've been they've been had by the king. Like yeah. they love this golden boy, they hated him, and now they're ashamed that they hated him at all because it's been proven to be a lie. Uh-huh. So like all these pieces are like there, the pieces are there. It's just done so poorly, yeah. and like and then just like another jigsaw piece puzzle is, is brought in and dump the pieces on these pieces and they're all lit on fire <laughs> and that like there's just yeah. nothing left like yeah. e- even the stuff where i'm like oh that might work is now just totally and completely completely absurd like just yeah. totally i'm just not buying it although maybe like between this and between this and the previous episode where like david's brother starts a revolution within 30 seconds of like a protest <laughs> happening Maybe, like, it's just canon that, like, the people of Galboa are always, like, one bad day away from just bringing down the government. Like, Dude. everyone's just got their guns ready. Galboa has, like, gigabit speed internet. And shit <laughs> spreads fast. News spreads yeah. fast. And you're right. And people react probably stressed quickly. out. You know, they built a city in, like, 20 years or whatever That's it was. True. That's, That's a lot of stress. The economy. The economy crashes, gets revived, <laughs> like plagues come and then leave within cities like cities are given away. Yeah, every now yeah, and then. Maybe that's apparently. it. Maybe people are just used to like rapid upheaval. So that yeah, is actually like... some shit. Like, yeah. I just want to point that out. I feel like we take for granted how in our modern world we don't just give away cities anymore. But like. Yeah. After World War One, France was like, you have to give us, like, a lot of land, Germany. Like, all these cities. And Germany was like, okay. Like, that's insane. <laughs> Who does that? Are you, are you kidding me? We did. America did that. We invaded Mexico. And we were like, give us half your country. And they said yes. What the fuck? It's crazy. I, I really, I really want. Can we do a spinoff podcast where you just like <laughs> retroactively roast like land acquisitions and colonialism in the, the like early twentieth century? I just, can I we just, just do want that. Cast? All our viewers to appreciate uh, how far we've come as a human race. I Louisiana guess. Purchase. What are you doing, <laughs> what France? Is that? Oh what the God. fuck, man? You know how much land that is. You know this Jefferson guy. You don't even know. Own it. The Native Americans yeah. are there. Yeah. Do yeah they what are you get doing? Any the money. Come on. But you're selling it? Not even for a good deal? <laughs> <laughs> looks like Fran- looks like Napoleon just got roasted. <laughs> Tune in next week for the <laughs> ancestors, the Gauls. What a bunch of bitches. What a bunch. What? <laughs> yeah, you have the Gaul Caesar all right. Caesar just marches in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, we're rapidly losing the thread on this, we're so... We, we I guess let's just because this episode was losing yeah. the thread by itself without our help. <laughs> losing the thread. Yeah. So I guess like we kind of already gave our summation when we opened. Yeah. But this is really like whew, dark days ahead for kings. Like I don't yeah, know how they yeah, salvage this. Episodes, man. I'm we so unconvinced. Like anything that gets made out of this is so it's just gonna be so unconvincing unless they really turn shit around. They've really just put the characters in places I don't believe yeah. in. They can't really dig themselves out of. We'll see though. Maybe maybe they'll double down on the crazy. Maybe when maybe a Galboan revolution is just insane enough that I'll like end on a high and can give this <laughs> show a one season wonder. I'll say right now, the chance of this being a one season thunder are like slim to none for me. Yes, like it would have to be crazy 
Uh, like unless unless Ian McShane shows up in a Gundam in the next episode, <laughs> uh, this is probably staying staying one season blunder, possibly wonder if you know, they get I, crazy enough. I'm really wondering if it's gonna be like um, uh, like how in uh, like in comics, where it'll be like if a serialization, if a series is up for cancellation. They sort of give like the authors like, oh, you can try and finish the story in like a good way, or you can just go yeah. fucking nuts. I'm kind of hoping that like while they're filming this, they're like, uh, you're not getting a contract renewal, so just go ham. And then the next episode, <laughs> yeah, Ian McShane's in Gundam. Samuel is now like just calling thunderbolts from the sky, <laughs> uh, striking pigeons left and right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking the angry general comes back from the dead and just leads yeah. an army of zombies or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> the doormen finally combine, fuse, <laughs> and become the super doorman. <laughs> That'd be great. There's but hope. Yeah. There, that's there, the hope. That's the hope. There's, <laughs> there's slim hope, but man, we'll we'll see. At least, at least you know what? But at least we'll have fun discussing it is, is yes. what I'll end on. There's your positive note. It'll give us fodder to just <laughs> be goofy as shit with. Yes. That's what, that's the only thing I can look forward to because yeah, whew, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, we we have fun here. We have fun here. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully you'll stick around to continue having fun with us, dear listener. Um, as always, you can find us on uh, all all the socials at uh, one the numeral not spelled out the numeral one season wonders. We're at one season wonders on Twitter at season one one season wonders on Facebook. Um, you can find us, I believe by now the campfire media site will be uh, up or in the process of being up. So you can find us on, on the campfire media pages. Yep. Uh, super excited to, to be a part of all that good stuff. Um, feel free to, to tweet Facebook us, uh, let us know what you're thinking so far. Um, give us reviews on iTunes. If you feel so inclined, uh, sorry, Apple podcasts, formerly iTunes. I'm stuck in the past. (laughs) Uh, I'm Just stuck in like King and nine. Silas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like King Silas, I've forsaken my God and am reliving the glory days <laughs> instead. Of uh, no, but on Apple Podcasts, please do uh, drop us a review if you're feeling charitable. Um, it does help us out. Uh, I guess, bro, do you have anything you want to plug? You know, just stay classy. Just stay classy. That's a good one. Follow the golden uh, boy in your heart. Don't doubt yourself. <laughs> Yeah, follow the golden boy until he starts uh, just believing King Saz is bullshit. <laughs> Don't be that golden boy. Be the golden boy of the previous episode. Yes. Episode towards the end. Golden boy. Yeah. Peak golden boy. Peak golden boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, so as always, uh, I've been your co-host, Jeff Zuschlag. And I'm Mark Zuschlag, your other co-host. <laughs> and we are tuning out. Goodbye. Campfire.